everyone. This is Jeffrey Kerr. I'm back here today with another old interview, which also happens to be one of the most recent ones I've conducted. It was recorded two months ago, and it was with David Ferguson, who is a graduate of the North Carolina School of the Arts. He can currently be seen as a swing and dance captain for the national tour of the 2016 Tony-nominated revival of Fiddler on the Roof. So without further ado... Let's enjoy the interview. To start things off, how has your journey been with Fiddler on the Roof? My journey so far has been incredible. I believe this is our 10th city. We're here in Chicago currently, and it has been magnificent getting to see places across the U.S. and to share such an incredible story with thousands of people so far has been a dream come true, to be honest. This is just the start of it, and so it's been an amazing journey so far. And you were originally from North Carolina. How excited are you to be coming back for the tour's upcoming stop in Durham? Yes, sir. I am originally from Maggie Valley, North Carolina, which is about 30 minutes west of Asheville. And I went to school in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, at the University of North Carolina School of the Arts. So I'm a North Carolina kid through and through. And to come back to Durham, which I've been to many times, I have friends and family that live there, and to share this show is so meaningful and so powerful, especially in today's world and society. This is a message that needs to be heard across the country. And to be back in North Carolina, to see so many friends and family that are going to be there that I have coming to the show, and all the dance teachers, it's really heartwarming and very special for me to share this with them. This musical has been around for many generations over the years. How did you first discover it? I first discovered Fizzle on the Roof when I saw this current production when it was on Broadway back in New York. I saw it back in 2016, and I listened to the music growing up. As a kid who always loved musical theater, I heard If I Were a Rich Man and you know, Matchmaker before, and I've listened to those songs, and, but to see it for the first time when I was in New York in my early 20s was kind of a life changer. The choreography is so vibrant and so new. Hofa Schechter, who's a London-based choreographer, really brought some fresh look on the original Jerome Robbins choreography. And just watching that as a dancer myself, it really just drew me in and captured me. And I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. And then to see the show with lights and sound and full costume and the set, to really just get immersed into the world that is on a Tevka. And you sit there in the edge of your seat and I didn't realize it, but by the end of the show, I, I released a breath, and it was just a big audible sigh, and it was like I was on this journey with him. It was so powerful for me back then in New York in 2016 that when I heard it was going on the road, I was immediately like, I have to try and be involved in this production. And tell us about working with your director, Bartlett Shear. He's really made a name for himself with putting on 21st century stagings of the classics with Lincoln Center Theater like South Pacific, The King and I, as well as their current tenants, My Fair Lady. What is he like to work with? He's such an integral part of the process. I remember the very first day we came in and we had our meet and greet and he was there. And to see this guy and to be with him, meet him face to face, a person's name that you've seen and you've read about and choose Tony Award nominee. And it was human being and it was so amazing to do that the first day. We had a table read with him and to listen to him speak and to share his insights not only on this show in itself, but also the history behind the Jewish culture and the history behind why the people of Anatevka do what they do really, I think, took us far deeper into this play in a very fast start. Because we, we only had three weeks to build this show before we went out on the road. And 
early in when they set this play back in New York, they had months so they could spend more time developing the ideas and getting the, the hows and the whys behind things. And so when Bart came in and told us a lot of this information that he had learned and found on Broadway and laid the groundwork for us, but also said, you know, this is what they did on Broadway. Who are you guys as people? Who are you guys as a company? And what do you bring to this story? Was really incredible. And he brought such a fresh look on the way that the story was told that made it really powerful and relevant in this 21st century. How different would you say This Fiddler on the Roof is from the hundreds of other productions that came before? I remember when the most recent Broadway revival was getting ready to open, the New York Times did an article on the framing device Bards built for the production. Yeah, I think this one brings a humanistic approach to it, and it brings not only something that, you know, Jews can relate to, but also people of all walks of life can relate to, and it's truly a story about a family who is forced out of their home, and, you know, we see this with everything that's been happening in today's society, that people are being forced out of their homes that they've lived in for thousands of years, and people are just having to uproot their lives, and so he brought that into it first off. It's been done that way, but let's look at it from today's society. Let's look at it from what is happening and what is relevant in our world, and how does this speak to today's society? What can we use of that to empower and deepen and really shape this play in light that I have not seen before? And of course, the lyricist Sheldon Harnick is the only one of the original creators of Fiddler on the Roof who's still alive. So how often was he around during the rehearsal process? He actually was there at meet and greet, but he didn't really stay around that much because we did a lot of table reading. But we came in during our media day, our press day, and to see him there, to have him in front of us as we ran through the show for the first time, and to sing these songs. These songs are timeless classic songs that have really helped to the test of time when it comes to a lot of these songs in musical theater. And to have him there and sing for him was really undescribable. To meet the man who helped write such powerful lyrics was a dream that I never knew that I had, but it's one of those things that once you're in it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is a bucket list of mine. I get to check off a, a bucket list item that I get to sing original songs to the man himself who wrote them. And so it's to see him smile and to see him kind of move his body along with his own lyrics that day was something incredible. And he spoke to us afterward and really just told us how much this show meant to him and how much these lyrics still to this day resonate in his life and his soul. And he was so happy and so proud to see us bring it to life in front of him. So that was an amazing thing. Well, yeah, I guess no pun intended, given the song to life, to life. Exactly, exactly. For this touring production, you are the dance captain. Would you mind explaining what you basically do? Yeah, so I am the co-dance captain along with my fellow dance captain, Eloise. She and I are also the male dance swing. So my job as co-dance captain is I keep the artistic integrity of the show intact now that Provost Factor and our associate choreographer, Chris, are no longer with us. So... During those three weeks of rehearsals, I really stood beside Chris and then one of the other dancers from the show, Marla, who was in the original production, helped set it. I stood beside them and I listened to them teach and how they taught, and I listened to the words that they used to describe their movements and how they put their heart and soul into it, and I met with them afterward throughout the process and talked to them about ways of keeping the show 
involved in keeping it fresh and alive. So it's my job as dance captain is to make sure that most of the dancers are making sure that we're crisp and clean in our movement, making sure that we're holding true to the original Pulse Factor intentions behind the movement, but also we're paying homage to the original Joan Roberts choreography. And I also make sure that the actors as well, because there's a lot of dancing involved, and not just the dancers do, but the actors are finding ways of relating the choreography to real life situations and how can I bridge that gap. I make sure that we hold sessions of brush up rehearsals. So if things are starting to look a little weird on stage, spatial wise, or if, if choreography isn't really sitting right on people anymore, or if we just want to investigate the movement again and find new pathways of doing things and new qualities, I hold rehearsals and I run those rehearsals and make sure that everyone is kept up to par with where this show needs to be and where this show should be. Now, this touring production has also made a couple headlines in previous stops. In Baltimore, a man in the audience reportedly shouted, Heil Hitler! Heil Trump! during intermission before being escorted out by security. Then in Pittsburgh, a man apparently fired a BB gun near the venue where it was playing while the crowd was waiting before a performance. Now, what were your reactions to those incidents? I was shocked and hurt to hear that all this stuff had happened, but... At the time, I had no clue this had gone on. In Baltimore, we did our first act of the show. When the curtain came down, we all started laughing and we doing our fun backstage antics that we normally do. And curtain came up for a second half, and we did the second act. And you know, curtain closed. And as we're leaving the theater, none of us knew anything about this. We didn't find out till the next morning when we were reading news articles at five six o'clock in the morning. And so I think that really shows the response rate that the Baltimore security had at the Hippodrome and none of the actors knew about it. We were all sad and we were all hurt and it to our core because this is such a show about life and love and happiness and coming together in, in tough times that to hurt to hear that this happened was really hard for us. But you know, we as a company are strong. We band together and this company is deeply rooted in a lot of our beliefs. And we just stood together and we said, you know what, okay, you know, this happened, but we're not gonna let this stop our performance. We're not gonna shy away from this. We're not gonna back down from this because, you know, this is the reason why we do what we do. This is the reason why we're putting this show on the road. To share this message because it needs to be heard. And same thing with the incident with the BB gun. None of us knew about it. None of us had realized it had gone on until after the show, which shows how amazing these theaters have been able to handle these situations and keep them under wraps because it hasn't affected our show at all and we're still pushing through and we're still spreading this wonderful incredible message so when you're done with the tour what are some dream roles you'd love to pursue in the future dream roles of mine are definitely to be in new york on broadway i love touring and touring has been fantastic to see these cities and it's been great doing a broadway show and some i feel like my for me my next stop is to to do a longer running show that's in New York City. Hamilton is definitely one of my top five favorite musicals of all time. And to have the chance to go to that show would be incredible. Another goal of mine is to just share dance, share my art form with many audiences and as many people across the world as I can. And I really want to try one day to mold dance with physical therapy. And, and I know dance therapy is a new and an evolving thing in this world. And so I would love to bring my dance and my art form into communities and into the medical institute and help people such as like Parkinson's who don't always have the best movement qualities and share movement with them because movement just brings so much joy to people. I've never seen someone not smile while dancing. Dancing just brings happiness and so I want to be able to share that 
of happiness in as many parts and as many ways as I can that once I get off the tour. Well, Bert is obviously known for working with all of the same people over and over again, like Kelly O'Hara and Danny Bursting, who of course was his Tevia on Broadway. So if you get another opportunity to work with Bart again, would you do it? Oh, in a heartbeat. He's a fantastic director and fantastic person. And if Bart asked me to be a part of his next production, I would say yes. What you need, where you need me to go, I am there for you in a heartbeat. To work with him has been a dream, and to work with him again in the future is even more of a dream. So hopefully one day, you know, this is just the start of the wonderful relationship that we've created, and hopefully it'll go much further than just here on the roof. I'm excited to see where things will lead. So, in conclusion, what advice would you like to give to any aspiring young performers out there? Wow, that is, that's a great question. For me, it's definitely believe in yourself. I'm 25 years old, and I would count this as kind of like my big break, and it's been a tough road to get here, but, you know, there's a lot of rejection, there's a lot of no's out there that you get, but all it takes is one yes, all it takes is one person to say yes to you, and one person to believe in you, and then you land the dream role of your life, and you get to be part of a dream production. So my biggest advice is to just keep pushing on, keep believing in yourself, and never give up. If you know, if you want to be a dancer, if you want to be an actor, follow your dream. Just pursue them, and don't let anything get in the way of that. David, I thank you very much for devoting your time to this interview, and I hope you have a great time in Durham. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was wonderful talking to you. Thank you all for listening. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to rate, review, and or subscribe wherever you get this podcast, and I'll see you all later.